Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 115 and it is Tuesday, April 3rd, 2018. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's good, everybody? Yes, indeed. We are back again. We're going to be talking about Ready Player One. We're going to give our spoiler-filled review uh, later on in this program. Also talking about some stuff we've been up to as per usual. And uh, we're going to get into some of our predictions for WrestleMania weekend, which is coming up on the horizon. And uh, yeah, as you can see, we have the uh, Ready Player One paperback novel by Ernest Klein, ready to be given away, as well as a $25 gift card to GameStop? Yes. Yes. So all any of those... Uh, pre-owned games that you want to buy so bad at the GameStop show if you can use that uh, gift card to get something cool. Or at least, like, I'll put it towards a pre-order. Yeah, they, they push those pre-orders hard, don't they, at GameStop? Like I said, I like my, pre- I like my guaranteed copy there. Yeah. That's, that's uh, all it is. It's like a good way to budget. I suppose. It's like layaway, I su- like. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody, well... Where I'm from, everybody did layaway, <laughs> especially at Geller Shoes. Mm. Geller Shoes did that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everybody I knew had sneakers on layaway. Mm. Yeah, that's how a lot of people got their Jordans, I suppose. Jordans. I remember the Grand Hills were popping back then. Um, Shaq's before he got his Walmart deal. Uh, <laughs> um, Penny Hardaways. Mm. I think I remember Maurice saying he had a pair of Penny Hardaways. Word. Yeah. Iversons. Mm-hmm. Whatever sneakers, yo. Geller's, Geller's layaway plan was like legit back in the day. Hmm. That's what's up. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you can do that. You can, uh, put it, put the uh, gift card towards a layaway plan at GameStop. I don't know. God of War is coming out. Oh, yeah. I, I still got, I already put my pre order in. So I gotta. Nice. I gotta get that. You know, I've been seeing a lot of people playing Fortnite. Like Fortnite's a really big game going on right now. Mm. I've seen I've seen a lot of that too. That and um, Player Unknowns Battlegrounds. That's that still one a th- I haven't seen. But it's either it's either Fortnite or um, Monster World Hunter. Mm. Did I oh, say that right? Monster Hunter, Hunter World. World. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was, I was thinking I'm still on the fence on whether or not I should get that game. I'll probably Me too. I'll probably wait for a sale because like it looks fun, but it seems like more of a grindy experience. Like grind for loot, fight monsters, and rinse repeat. Yeah, pretty much. It's like yeah, kind of like Destiny. Mm, yeah, yeah. Except Destiny's like mired with a bunch of microtransactions and all this. You know, it's crazy. I never, I, I really make microtransactions. Yeah, it's it's not worth it. Like you gotta play the game. If you're gonna earn what you get in the game, don't just like spend more money. Yeah, I guess it's just the easy way. I like games where you can do both. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you play the game enough, you can earn, you know, whatever it is that you need to unlock. Or if you want to just take the easy route out, mm-hmm. just buy it. Either or, like, if you can do if you can do both, that's perfect for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, although I, th- I think that uh, with companies that own that have options for both, they go they go a little too far with the purchasing of in-game goods. Like, for example, I know with the uh, NBA two latest NBA two K game, like it's the microtransactions are so embedded 
that like you ha- you'll have a miserable time playing it if you try to earn everything in game without spending an extra dime. Yeah, like you gotta buy sneakers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta buy. I think you have to buy sneakers. Yeah. I always say I'm gonna, and you know what? Every year I say I'm gonna get to get the next 2K game, and I just never do. Yeah, I don't think it's worth it, really. Besides, like the that's because you're not a sports fan. Well, not just that, but the WWE 2K games are not very good. I've I've played them, and they just they don't have that staying power, like I mentioned last week. But I'll always, I'll always get mad in every year. Why it's, isn't it virtually the same game every year? No, there's always stuff. There. There's always there's always stuff added and new rosters. Yeah, like the rosters only update till I want to say about like March. Okay. So that's when they stop and just like do a whole new game. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. At all, well, because then you got all the players that are getting drafted. You mm. know all the transactions that went on during the off season. Yeah. Now, when you play Madden, of course you play as the Dallas Cowboys, right? I do. Do they still suck in the game? Not at all. Hmm. Okay. I guess it depends on the player. But uh, it shows that like it might, might might be fantasy then. But anyway. Yeah, <laughs> But yeah, we're going to get into some stuff. Uh, before we do that, uh, say, I'm going to say what up to the people who joined the chat. Kyle. Jeanette. Jeanette. And we got John Haponic, the super villain. Ah, damn. Yes, I wonder, if ah, he, damn. I wonder if he has seen Ready Player One. And I'd love to hear his I thoughts. I would like to hear his thoughts too. Yes, I'd love, I'd love to hear it as well. But uh, as per usual, we get into what we've been up to at the top of the program. So with that, Carl, as you're sharing the episode, what have you been up to this past week? Well, other than like she calls for Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Nope, it's just called it's all pure skill. <laughs> oh man, even with a cheat code, they still wouldn't make the playoffs. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But um, what was, that? what was I up to? Spring yeah. cleaning, like a month. Oh my goodness, I'm still at it. Oh, spring cleaning, eh? Yeah. Mm. I just feel, I always feel, I always remember forget that how much of a pain in the ass it is. Mm. Like even if you do clean, keep your house clean, which we do, is like you really gotta get under there and you start moving stuff, getting rid of stuff, and it's just like Jesus Christ, like mm. it's exhausting. Yeah, then you end up seeing stuff that you never, never thought that well, that was there before. Yeah, you forget. <laughs> you really forget it. You you see stuff you forgot that you had. Hmm. But um, one one thing though, my girl actually uh, surprised me, and she actually, if you follow me on um, Instagram on social media, hmm. um, I posted it. She got me a copy of Michael Jackson's Moonwalker for Sega. Nice. So I popped, it, you know, of course I popped it in my um, my little Sega my little Sega system. I think it's called the Sega Mega System. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And it works. Oh, word. Okay. And I'm just like, I'm actually surprised that I still know how to play it. Mm. I, I haven't played it since like, whew, maybe I was like 10. Oh, man. That's like almost it's 25 a, years. It's a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. We don't need to... <laughs> it's a long time ago. But, um, yeah, we was uh, yeah. I'm just sitting there playing it and just still remember how to how to do everything. The set, you know, the soundtrack was freaking hilarious because it's all 16 bit. Yeah. So it was like dirt, 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 
And um, I haven't even had a chance to beat it yet. I haven't have really had a chance to like really sit down mm-hmm. and try to play it through. But um, it's still actually a pretty fun game to play. Hmm. So now I really want to go to Toy Vault and just ball out and try to find like as many games from my childhood as I can. Hmm. Like The Lion King. Yeah, The Lion King is a, it's a damn good game. It really was. I used to, like I said, I think I mentioned this before. Like my cousin used to just tell me, Carl, play Lion King. Mm-hmm. Put it on the hardest difficulty and beat it in like ten in like twenty minutes. Yeah, like it was a hard game even on normal. I remember. Was... Oh, trust me, it took a, it took lots of practice. Mm. No. Lots and lots of practice. Yeah. Speaking of which, that kind of reminds me. Like, have you also played Aladdin for the Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis? Sega Genesis, and um, I used the cheat code like <laughs> <laughs> never made it past like actually playing it. Yeah. Never made it past the first. Never made it past the first board. Yeah, like I played it, but then I beat it, and then I'm just like, all right, second board. Mm-hmm. Then just use the cheat code through. Yeah, and nah. it just plays a whole new world at the end. Oh wow! Now, what would you say was the better game? Aladdin Lion or King. Lion King was the better game. Oh, yes, Lion King is just better all around. Oh, of course it and is. And then it was just Disney's downfall right after that, until like Toy Story. I mean, Hercules. Well, Toy Story came out in '95. It was a year after Lion King. Right. You mean like the downfall of their 2D animation? Yeah. Okay, I'd agree with that. Hunchback was cool. Mm. But um, maybe I'm biased because I was in the play in middle school. But But, um, I have no memories of like Mulan. Mm. Um, Hercules. Atlantis, Hercules. I don't think I've never seen Hercules. I've never seen Hercules. I just didn't care at that point. Yeah. Tarzan? Nope. No. Treasure Planet? I had never heard of it. <laughs> well, of course. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think like once Disney started picking up was when like they acquired was um when they teamed up with Pixar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But other than that, that's it. And looking forward to WrestleMania. Yeah, I hear that, man. That's what's up. What about you? Uh, um, as for me, um, I actually engage into, into a little movie watching project of mine. Cause you know, every, you know how every year I have my list of, uh, top 20 favorite films of the year Correct. and before it was top tens. So, um, before I went all the way back to when I was born, the year I was born, 1984 to, to the present. But then I decided, you know what? I want to see how far back I can really go. So I decided to watch some older films that I haven't never got a chance to. And I realized that not only have I have I watched a bunch of older films, like some of which some of which I can actually fill out the some 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 years in the past. But I want I want to see how far back I can go beyond 1984. So I've actually filled out my top tens for 1983, 82, 1980, and 1979. And even 1954 and 1953. Jesus. Yeah. So. Like before my parents were born. Yeah. So I'm going to try to go back all the way back to 1940. And uh, because I've seen a lot of old films and even even before 1940. But but I I just want to see like what would be be my top 10 favorite films of those years as well as my number one films of those years as well. So I'm assuming that you already did uh, 80. The year we were born, 84. Yeah. So. Is, do you have it 84? memorized or just... Um, 84, I know my my favorite film of 1984 was Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs> well, I know that wasn't the song. But nah, just... but it, it's it's a it's a modern classic. Okay. Uh, Ghostbusters is on there. Uh, let's see. 
Killing no, Fields. Bobby Brown was in Ghostbusters 2, right? Ghostbusters 2, yeah. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Good one. Yeah. And a few others I can't recall at the moment. Uh, 1983, 83, my favorite film of that year was Fanny and Alexander. Okay. It's a old Ing- Ingmar Bergman film. 1982 was Tootsie. <laughs> I love Tootsie. Original, Ger- original Gerard, man. Whatever. It's uh, a good movie, though. <laughs> Tootsie was good. Yes. I, I was high when you let me borrow it. Yeah. For our, for our bet. Mm-hmm. I, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. And it just made me, it was just funny because like Family Guy spoofed it like a couple of times. They really did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, uh, 1981, I have one more film I'm working on on that one. Uh, 1980, Raging Bull, okay. Martin Scorsese. And 1979, uh, Apocalypse Now. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's how, that's how far back I've gotten so far. So I'm going to keep working on that throughout the year. Okay, hold on. I, was, I had I had kind of a little a little bit of a brain fire because I was thinking of Warriors. A uh, Warriors was seventy nine. Warriors, come out and play! <laughs> Can you dig it? I think that's all I remember from that movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I heard that the I know, I know there was a video game for the PS two based it on that. It was. Game. I heard that was good actually. It was actually made by Rockstar Games. You know what's ch- funny too, because I was um like a couple months ago, I was helping my father move, and he he collects like a lot of he saves everything too. He's yeah. a bit of a hoarder, and um, it was good, Paul, and um, he still has his PS2. Oh, that's what's up. So all I need is the AV jack, and mm. I'm going to Toy Vault, and I'm balling. Nice. I will probably get that. Hey, but hey, by Try all means. Hey, by all means. Yeah, this guy's. I remember getting getting it getting good reviews when it came out. Um, but yeah, Rockstar Games, man. They they usually don't make bad games at all. So, but yeah, uh, but yeah. So that's my movie watching project that I've that I've been doing. So um, yeah. So by the end of the year, I should have a pretty nice sized list, right. including my favorites of this year. Uh, let's see. Besides that, I actually did watch a new film, which came out um, just a couple weeks ago. It's uh, Steven Soderbergh's latest film. It's called Unsane. Um, What's it called? Unsane. Unsane. Yeah. And Unsane is a dope film. And uh, it's a it's by Steven Soderbergh, and it's a film that's shot entirely on iPhones, uh, with on the iPhone 7. Why do I feel like I've heard of that before? I've heard of that movie before. Uh, like there was a there was a few uh, commercials for it, uh, and there, of course there was a trailer. Um, it's it's still playing in theaters, and it's a really cool psychological thriller, and it stars uh Claire Foy, and she plays this um this young woman who's uh basically hold on let me pull up the uh, information I should, I should I should have it here smartphones. Yes, thank goodness for smartphones. Yeah, she, yeah, Mister, I'm gonna get hop on the smartphone train extra, extra late. Damn right. <laughs> uh, yeah, she uh, Claire Foy. She plays a woman named Sawyer, and she's like she's this businesswoman, and she's um she's actually been she actually has some mental issues going on with her, some emotional issues going as well, suffering from anxiety, and for 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 many reasons, which I won't spoil. And uh, she ends up um she ends up being committed. Inside into this uh this really shady uh mental institution the psych the psychiatric hospital, 
And um, what once she's there, she actually she actually finds that she actually claims that there's this guy who's working there, one of the orderlies who happens to be a stalker of hers. And uh, the same guy was stalking her so bad that she had to move from her original state, had to uh, get a whole new job, start a whole new life, basically. And then here she finds this guy, this orderly, who she claims is the same dude who was her stalker. So now um, the whole throughout the whole film, you're kind of... Um, it's kind of you're kind of doubting whether or not she's actually telling the truth or whether or not she's uh, actually in real danger mm-hmm. and and the film is so and the film is just uh the film is dope like like i said it was shot entirely on iphone sevens and and the film has a really sharp look to it and um it does it does provide an immediacy to the to the film like it, it was like it pr- it makes you feel like you're right there with the characters like going through all this crazy stuff and um there's like a brilliant use of like wide shots throughout the film um like wide shots like them like at a distance and it kind of like showing how perhaps how far gone this character may or may not be um also also, the fact that it was shot on iPhones, it kind of adds to the theme of the film of being watched all the time because you know how all smartphones have cameras yeah. and it's like you never know when you're being, when someone else might be low-key recording you or snapping pictures of you or, and, and whatnot. Or That's co- how they get you. Yeah, it's how they get you. Like Big Brother is watching. Hey, Big Brother is you, me, and everyone we know. <laughs> Forget the government. And... Um, and it, and also adds to the whole stalker theme as well because she's also may or may not be watched by that guy who may or may not be her stalker. Um, it has an in- interesting supporting cast as well. A Jay Farrow is in it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he plays this guy who has who has this who's committed there for an op- op- opioid addiction. Uh, uh, but he seems like he has his head on straight for the most part. Was he funny though? Uh, low key, low key, low key. So was he? He was like the comic relief. I wouldn't say comic relief. Like he had some funny lines, but he wasn't like the overt like comedy like laughing stock. Yeah. Free bird. What up, Mike? <laughs> that's a that's an inside joke. He knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh Juno Temple is in it. She plays this uh really this um this really unstable, sort of unstable uh, uh woman with with white woman with dreads. And uh she well, with more more so like the long braids, and uh, she introduces herself to Claire Foy's character by digging around in her sweatpants and throwing her used tampon at her head. That is gross yet hilarious at the same time. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, I'm sure there are more creative ways of saying hi to somebody, but uh, but there it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, um, unsane. It's what the hell a. You be watching. <laughs> But yeah, like Unsane, it's a movie that like I, I I could get into more of the plot, but like it's it's it would be it would ruin the film, and it's one of those films where you go into it and you just let let the movie take you where it wants where it wants you to go, and you'll get a lot out of it then. Um, I I really like the way it was shot, the performances, the cast they were fantastic, and I really like Steven Soderbergh as a director because he has he does a great job of doing different stuff with each film, even even if his films are kind of eh or okay at best, he always does he always gives us something new, and that's more than I can say for some other filmmakers. Any other movies you would recommend by him? Oh yeah, um, he did uh, Traffic, uh, with uh, Benicio del Toro, Don Cheadle, Luis Guzman. Okay. Yeah, Michael Douglas. Every time I see, I mean, you just mentioned Louis Louis Guzman, and I always think of either that movie Waiting, 
mm-hmm. with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Or um, the scene in Yes Man. I haven't seen Yes Man. Oh yeah, he's like a he plays somebody who's like jumping off a bridge, and then um, Jim Carrey just grabs the guitar and he stops singing. Um, he starts singing Jumper, mm-hmm. just to get him off, just to get him off, and he actually does. And it was just one of the, it was just a hilarious scene to me. Yeah. Oh, have you also seen Keanu? With uh, with Key and Peele? Yeah. I, I don't really don't I really don't think Key and Peele's funny. Really? No, they have like a few. A few good ones, mm-hmm. like you know the substitute teacher, mm-hmm. the first one. Um, the East West Bowls are classic, but then even then, after a while, it's like they, like they did the first one, mm-hmm. which was classic. Mm-hmm. They did a second one. It was like all right, it's a bit much, and then they did one where the East and West was like rap battling. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. did like two music videos, and they were battling, and then they actually did one with actual NFL players and you know how some NFL players have some really weird names yeah like you know you got Ha Ha Clinton Dix um hell Dak Prescott <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah and then um of course only the white players had like the most normal names yeah so they ended it with Aaron Rodgers and he says A.A. Ron Rodgers yeah referencing back to the substitute teacher when mm. he goes you don't messed up A.A. Ron <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I, I was gonna. I, I mentioned Keanu because Luis Guzman is in that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, um, he, uh, yeah, with Steven Soderbergh, I recommend Traffic. Erin Brockovich was good with Julia Roberts. Okay. Uh, Ocean's Eleven, of course. Did you see the? Did you see the trailer to Ocean's Eight? Ocean's Eight. Yeah, I'm hot and cold. Hot and cold on that. In other words, you think it's gonna be like the ghost, like Ghostbusters? Like uh, Ghostbusters? I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. I know Steven Soberg, he didn't direct that one. I think Gary Ross is doing it. Ocean's 8. Oh. Um, what's another film that uh Oh, The Girlfriend Experience. That one's that one's very interesting. Uh there was there's a TV show based on the movie, but the movie came first. Uh okay. that stars uh, Sasha Gray who was a real porn star. Um There you go. Yeah, but uh but yeah. Got to get in the show. Got to get in some got to get in somehow. Yeah, man. Ooh. <laughs> that means two things only in america but uh but yeah check out unsane it's in theaters now if you're in a mood for something different and some and a cool psychological thriller which is pretty funny all right yeah uh and other other than that uh yeah that's pretty much it just movies and stuff yeah yeah I see. oh no you you posted on your facebook that you saw a movie from I want to say it was the 80s or 1990. I think it was 87 or 88. And I want to hear your thoughts on this one. Oh, yes. I'm going to get you, sucker. (laughs) Yes, I finally watched that movie, I'm Going to Get You, Sucker, after all these years. Um, Because it's available on Hulu. So I was like, hey, you know what? I've been, tr- I've been I've been meaning to watch this movie for years. Let me let me watch it on Hulu before Hulu decides to take it off randomly, like, mm-hmm. like Netflix does. And you know what? I thought it was hilarious. Oh, it is. Oh yeah, I, I can see why. I mean, Keenan Ivory Wayans. This was pre In Living Color. I mean, I, I expected funny, and that's what I got. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It came out in 1988. Directed right. directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans. It's a parody of uh, black exploitation films. It even it, it, it even features. Some notable black exploitation uh, actors at the time, like Isaac Hayes, yeah. Jim Brown, Antonio Fargus, 
<laughs> and the best scene the movie. yo to finally i've i've seen only that one clip from on youtube for so many years it's the scene where antonio farks is walking out of the out of the jailhouse he gets his pimp pimp suit back he goes with the, with the goldfish uh platform shoes and he's walking down he's he, he's like he feels like he's the man he's styling in those streets and the next thing you know everybody's clowning him everybody's laughing their ass off oh man and then like the the shoe breaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> funny, funny thing about that scene. Yeah. If you really watch, two of the kids in the back look awfully familiar. Oh really? Yeah. Sean and Marlon Wayne's. Oh really? That was them. Yeah. <laughs> oh snap. <laughs> Man, yo, like there was there was also one scene where um uh, Kenny Ivory Wayne's mom, I think Janet Dubois, like what Lona. Yeah, Walona from uh, Good Times. Like, there's a scene where she, like, she's in the in the restaurant in the diner, mm-hmm. and there's a scene where they don't even try to hide the fact that they use a stunt double. They use like it was it was some guy dressed up as as Walona, and it was so obvious that the guy like he does flips and he's like beating the hell out of these goons in the diner, and it's supposed and it's supposed to be Walona, Walona, yeah. but it's obviously not. <laughs> I was just that scene had me dying. Oh yeah. Also, Chris Rock scene. Oh, cheap. When he, when he, yeah. He debuted Cheap Pete. Mm-hmm. How, How much for one rib? <laughs> I show him hungry. <laughs> it was a dollar. It's like, how about, okay, how, 25 cents for one, like one piece of a rib. <laughs> and then at the end, he just steals a damn bag. No, because he has a free, no, he had like a whole stack. Oh, really? He got changed for a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. There, there Emery a- Johnson scene. Yeah, when she was hooking up with Keenan, and next thing you know, like everything was fake. Yup. Yeah, man. I think that's. I think that's where um, Fresh Prince got the idea. I was just getting ready to say something. Stuck in the basement, sitting on a tricycle, girl, girl getting, getting on, on my nerves. nerves. Going and out of my mind. I thought she was fine. Don't, don't know if her body is hers. Fake hair, fake nails. Here, 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 here. Knock yourself out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that scene was quite funny. Got um, the classic. Oh, but the scene that ha- had me dying though was the scene where Isaac Hayes he's loading himself up with all those guns and artillery, and then all and he has like the the, the bullet belts, the the machine guns, the the handguns, the grenades mm-hmm. and whatnot. He, they, he he walks out of the warehouse all badass. He slips on one bullet, and then he and- falls back and he ends up shooting himself <laughs> to death. <laughs> I'm like that shit was so stupid, man. I, I had me in tears. So, what would you say was the better parody film? I'm gonna get you, sucker. Mm-hmm. Or don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Oh man, yeah. Go ahead. Yep, I uh, went there. I the, went there. The better parody film, and you know what's funny? I, uh, my girlfriend and I uh, watched Don't Be a Menace the other day. Oh man, if I had to choose one, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Don't Be a Menace. Yeah, because we got too much history. I, I, yeah. I. There was one time back in high school where me and my boy Joe, shout outs to him, we just decided to recreate the jump rope, the jump rope scene. <laughs> Loud as hell in front of the whole entire cafeteria. Oh, get out the game. Get, get out, out the, the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Damn. No reason at all. Just did it. Mm-hmm. Swam, my brother. <laughs> it's like fish, fish two fish, fish, red fish, blue fish, fish knick knack, patty wet. Yeah, dog. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that I I would say like 
we're 90s kids and mm-hmm. I'm Gonna Get You Sucker was probably just a bit before our time. Yeah, it was. So like when, you know, when Don't Be a Menace came out, you know, we were kids mm-hmm. watching the Wayne's Brothers on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like we had to we had to see that. Yeah. Message. Oh my god. I, that was my ringtone for text messages for like the longest time. Oh really? Yeah, back in my Android days. <laughs> Man, that's 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 the perfect uh text message ringtone. No, it was actually my next toe days. Next Damn with the, the chirp phones? Yep. Damn, yep. man. Man, listen, I thought I was balling when I had a Nextel. Not a Met, not at um Boost. Yeah, boost. Because it hit well, here's the thing though, because I got my Nextel, you know, my credit was good. I was 18. Mm-hmm. Fresh credit. Yeah. So I get it. And then like a few weeks so you know, I'm thinking I'm stunting on everybody. Mm-hmm. Like wearing my extra long white tee, but yet mm-hmm. I had the bottom of the tee tucked behind the phone. Because mm-hmm. I was stunting. I was, you couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> White Air Forces, jeans, and a do-rag. Like, I was stunting. Mm-hmm. Then Boost Mobile comes out like a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. So everybody was having it. Yeah. No, I remember those I was days. so mad. <laughs> I was so mad, but I loved that phone. Yeah. Only to realize, like, now, like, that was the most annoying thing ever. Yeah. Chirp, chirp. You. Yo, every, yo! I remember being on campus at URI my freshman and sophomore year. I heard that almost every single day. Yep. Damn. Yo. Man. You ever had a psych? Where you at? <laughs> it's like, why don't you just pick up the phone and make a real call? I mean, you can do that too, right? Just... Mm. Oh, have you ever had a sidekick, though? I did not have a sidekick. Oh, uh, okay. You missed sidekick, that. I didn't jump on that bandwagon. Yeah. I didn't either. Yeah, I just had my old regular old flip phone. You're yeah. so lame. <laughs> <laughs> yo, that flip phone, man, it, it yo, it, it, it sustained me up, up until 2015, man. Yeah, when we started the podcast, we were like, listen, you need to get yourself a smartphone. Yeah. That's a damn shame. <laughs> hey, listen, man. Listen, I... You, you're probably still... Listen, what phone is this? Samsung Galaxy S5. You know, you're over... You're probably due for like a free upgrade. Free upgrade? Yeah. Ain't nothing ain't not free. Maybe a free upgrade. Yeah, you Who? probably get a free upgrade by now. You're probably overdue for three. Shit. Well, I think they're up to what the Galaxy Eight. Yeah, I think so. Or nine. I want to say nine. I could be wrong. Which one was the one that was blowing up in airports? <laughs> I think that was the Galaxy Note Seven. Okay. Note Seven. Yeah. Wait. As long as long as the the next Samsung phone doesn't you know explode in my hand, I'll be go- I'll be good. Nah, they fixed that. I think they recalled that and fixed that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, but it was great for like that whole iPhone versus Android roasting sessions. Yeah, <laughs> I can go to the airport with my phone. What about you? Uh, true that. But yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna get you, sucker. Don't be a menace. And uh, oh yeah, and also the first two scary movies. Yeah. Well, although now they're not as funny now, but they still have their charms. They have their moments. Um, I-, I can agree. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, I think an underrated uh, parody film, CB4. CB4 is mad underrated. <laughs> Alan Payne, boom. Well, black, y'all, and I'm blackity, blackity, black, black, y'all. Bleedy, black, blackity, black, to black, black. 
Oh man, Charlie um, Charlie Murphy as as the real Gusto. <laughs> I, I need to watch that again. Oh man, that that film is still hilarious. Stony Jackson doing that freaking uh, what was his name? MC something or other. Wacky D. <laughs> Wacky D with that one legged yo that one legged dance he does. It's harder than it looks. I've been trying for years. I can't do it. I gotta, I gotta look at it. Yeah. I have to look at it one more time and try it. Try it. Not record it. Mm-hmm. And leave it alone. Yeah. My dancing days are over. <laughs> Long over. I was moving a. I was moving a bureau, and I'm just in onto a truck that was pretty high up the ground. I'm just like, yo, I am not as agile as I used to be. Yeah, you you sound like you're 54, man. Oh, you shut the hell up, okay? <laughs> but I really wasn't. Like, I just. I used to be able to like jump off those things like no problem. Mm. Yeah, hey, I think you still got it. I think you know, do a little DDP yoga, you'll be good. I've been thinking about doing that. Yeah, you should. I I, I kind of fell off the wagon a little I bit. You did, but I'm a I'm a, I'm gonna get back on that horse eventually. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, stuff we've been up to. Um, real quick, in in lieu of uh, news and headlines this week, we're gonna, we're gonna get into some quick WrestleMania predictions. Um, as well as maybe maybe NXT takeover predictions maybe yeah, yeah, yeah we'll we'll fit it in there why not but yeah we got a we got a stacked WrestleMania card this year we got thirteen matches in total which includes the pre-show mm-hmm. so we got the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal in the, on the pre-show I don't even know who's in it so it's just whatever yeah it's whatever for me too I won't be surprised if say some goober like Jinder Mahal wins it I don't know I don't even know if he's in the match. No, because he's in the triple threat. Oh yeah, that's right. With um, for the U.S. title. Yeah, with Orton and uh, Rude. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Who who cares? Nobody. It doesn't mean anything. Then you have the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal um, on the pre-show. It's up for grabs. Becky Lynch. Yeah, why not give it to Becky Lynch? She needs a win desperately. She does. Yeah, I think she's criminally underused though. She is. Yeah. Like ever since she won the the SmackDown Women's Championship, like she's been struggling. Yeah, they they, they don't know what to do with her, which is which is a, which is a damn shame. I know. Honestly, every time I hear her theme song, I think of like the old NXT takeovers. Yeah, yeah, man. She was she was kicking it, kicking ass in NXT, man. Yeah, she was. But yeah, maybe they'll give it to somebody new, like a maybe an NXT call up. Maybe I don't know. Kyrie. Kyrie Sane. No, well, she won the May Young Classic, so I mean. Yeah, she she got hers. Yeah, uh, then you have the uh, perhaps the best the best the best match on the pre-show by default: Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali for well, the vacant. I call that. Yeah, I call that. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Once I saw that ma- once I saw that last match on 205, I was like, yep, it's gonna be the best match that should be on the main main show that be that will be moved to the pre-show yep and with that being said i'm going with my man said me and too i love mustafa ali too yeah mustafa ali he's he's a damn good talent man yeah this is going to be the match that's going to make everybody watch the pre-show mm-hmm. absolutely that's why they put it there yeah and plus it's a two-hour pre-show so yeah for, the first hour is literally just gonna be like welcome to wrestlemania Look at all the people walking in. Mm-hmm. Let's show a highlight. Yep. <laughs> and then, then the. Uh, I mean, uh, I do hope that I do. I do, I do think uh, Cedric is going to win, but I do hope that C- Cedric and Mustafa get royalties this time for the Blu-ray release. Oh yeah. 
because it did, they did Neville and Austin Aries dirty. I haven't bought a WrestleMania DVD since 29. Yeah, there's no need to really because of the network. There isn't. No, no, there isn't. Nah, unless you want the collector's items, like. I, and that's usually what I always did because I like I bought the actual um, like the box set from WrestleMania's one through twenty one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It cost me like about a good two hundred bucks. Oof. Yeah. It was worth it. It was worth it at the time. Yeah. Like there was no, there wasn't no Netflix at that time. Mm-hmm. So like there was no streaming. Yeah, there were no streaming services. At that time, so I mean, having all the WrestleManias on DVD was very cool to have. Mm. And I was still using VHS, so I had like three copies of <laughs> WrestleManias twenty and twenty one. Oh wow, Jesus! Well, hey, that's what's up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Cedric for the cruiserweight championship because he deserves it. And so does so does Ali. Maybe they'll get into a nice feud throughout the year. I say Ali gets it at SummerSlam. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, real quick on on the on the card, you got a uh, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn tag team match. The return of DB to the squared circle. Who do you think is gonna win this one? It's very predictable to say that they will give it to um, uh, Daniel D- Bryan and Shane, mm-hmm. but just to bring them back, it's, it's gonna be it. Yeah, Daniel Bryan's gonna do his thing. Mm-hmm. Owens and Zayn are gonna cheat to yeah. get hired back in. Yeah, and then they're gonna like end it with a high note, like Daniel Bryan doing some cra- Daniel Bryan and Shane doing some crazy shit. Yeah, and then hopefully Bryan won't concuss himself. Fingers crossed. Oh, man. because this will be his first match in three years since he retired. Yeah, no, yeah. was it two? No, it's because he re- it was April 2015. Uh, he he had his final match. Because he had because he had a concussion and he had to relinquish the intercontinental title. Right. Yeah. It was three years, man. <clears throat> oh damn. Yep. But uh. Wait, yeah. Isn't Shane? Wasn't I thought Shane was out of the match because he was injured? No, they announced it. No, they announced it last night. Oh, that he's out. No, that he's in. Oh, he's in. Okay. Well, I guess that's when, that's when I saw it on Raw. Oh, okay. So I, it sounds like Shane's cleared or he's well enough to compete. So we'll see. Well, Shane's a crazy motherfucker anyway. So you. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, he'll he'll jump off Shane something. Don't give a fuck. <laughs> he'll jump off something this year. Uh, then you got a uh, Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Oh, they're definitely giving that to Ronda and Kurt. Yeah, absolutely. They have to like just because of the star value. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, Ronda's looking rough right now. Yeah, she's way, she's like obviously green. She is like you can tell Ronda's learning on the job. Only the difference is it's on live TV. Yeah. Okay, so I stand here and then you slam me to the thing. All right, let's do it right now. Yup. That seemed yeah, that segment on Raw seems so awkward. Yeah. Yeah. And and plus Rhonda, she's still trying to find her voice as far as cutting promos go because like she sounds like she's speaking way too fast or like way too conversational. Yeah, she doesn't have she doesn't have like the push. I think uh, like she's good at she's probably used to she's used to doing like interviews, mm-hmm. even though her last like ESPN interview was like awkward as hell. No, was it, oh, was it after she lost, right? No, I knew as as a WWE talent. Oh, okay. she appeared on like First Take and Sports Center and stuff, and she was just like, it was off. It just it just was off. It was a complete awkward situation. I'll show you on YouTube. Yeah, okay. Um, let's see. Um, is it Paul? Paul asks uh, if it, is it bad if I'm not really interested in the R- R- Rousey match? No, 
I don't blame you. Nah. Like it, it like it's simply star power and just yeah. to get more notoriety and for the for the for the WWE and the women's division and to sell way more tickets. <clears throat> um I think I think Kurt Kurt and Triple H will carry the brunt yeah, of oh, the wrestling. Oh, they definitely will. Have, they they definitely will carry them. Yeah, um, they're and, two great. They're two great ring generals. Oh yeah, one and, Hall of Famer, one future Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, and and Kurt. I've never seen a Hall of Famer wrestle so much though. Yeah, it's true. I think he's wrestled. <clears throat> yeah, he's probably wrestled the most matches as a Hall of Famer. He has actually, yeah, because yeah. because uh, Ric Flair retired. No, he's tied with Ric Flair. Oh really? Oh, that's right. Because Ric Flair wrestled a few matches after his retirement. Two. Two matches, yeah. Two after his induction, that's what I mean. After his induction. Oh, okay, I got you. Because it was with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And then it was with Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, Ra- Rousey and Kurt will win their match. Um, then you got the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. You got the Usos versus the New Day versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Bludgeons. Think the Bludgeons are going to take it? Bludgeons. Bludgeons, they earned it. I, I, th- I, th- I think so. I mean, logically, it'll, it'll make the most sense. It'll make the most sense if they yeah. win. Um, I won't be surprised if if the Usos retain or the New Day wins it again. But um, I think the Bludgeons, it makes the most sense for them to, to take yeah. it. Um, then you got the Raw Tag Team Championship. You got Cesaro and Sheamus versus Braun Strowman and a mystery partner. I really have this feeling that they're just going to have Braun against both of them. But then it's like it's an instant. But then... Um, Shout out to my boy Eddie. He said this on um, on our wrestling group. It's an insult to the bar. Yeah, because like one, they're one... both great competitors. Mm-hmm. Against, I mean, losing to both, losing to one guy. Yeah, that 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 would... that just decreases their stock. It absolutely does, and it kind of makes and it does make the tag, the tag team championships a joke. Yeah, it's like one person winning a, a tag team championship. I mean, there were there were rumors though um, that they that that Braun Strowman's partner might be a returning Rey Mysterio uh, to do like a David Goliath type deal yeah. or Samoa Joe, but he's still injured, I believe, so he's still recovering. Um, I heard Elias, but I'm like they was just feuding a couple of weeks ago, so it doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, some don't... people say Big Show, but it's like that doesn't make sense either because even though Big Show had his surgery. Mm. Braun was the one who cut, who um put him out. Oh, that's true. Like kayfabe. So yeah, honestly, from all from what all the rumors I keep hearing, the one only one that makes sense would probably be like Cass. Big Cass. Yeah. Yeah. He's clear, he's clear to come back. Yeah, you know, I think I think Big Cass might be likely because that that might give WWE an opportunity to like re- kind of sort of repackage him. Yeah. To kind of distance him away from the whole his Enzo Amore days. Yeah. Which, which yeah, he, they need to do some serious. Yeah, yeah, got to do that. The greatest swerve would be, would be Ellsworth as Braun's partner. <laughs> no, because James Ellsworth is actually a tag team champion right now. Yes, with a uh, Gilbert. Gilbert, I saw that. Yo, dude, I laughed hysterically, and I'm like, that's nothing. But that is literally top five tag team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like it's per- they're like perfect for each other. Absolutely, I mean, forget the Young Bucks, forget Bullet Club. That's the real Gilbert. tag team right there, Spark. <laughs> oh yeah, with the sparklers, the spark- <laughs> and the fire extinguisher. Oh my gosh, those are those are the days. Those were yeah. As a matter of fact, shout out to Fermi. You always used to say that was his favorite wrestler. 
Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, yo, my favorite wrestler, man, Gilbert. Hey. The only person he knows even Jackhammer himself. <laughs> That's what he used to say. Yeah, he's a former light heavyweight champion. He was. He really was. Uh, but yeah, Cesaro and Sheamus, I think Braun Strowman's going to win with his mystery partner. Yeah. I think it makes sense. Uh, then you got uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. Asuka. Oh, my baby. Although, I will be fucking mad if they have Carmella successfully cash in her briefcase yeah, after that pissed. match. Pissed. Pissed. Or, but you know what? WrestleMania's got to have some shot, some type of shock value. Or, But at the expense of a two-and-a-half-year win streak? That, that'd that be stupid as fuck. And you know what? They did it for a freaking 20... Uh, 20 what? 21 streak oh with the undertaker yeah well that was different but uh but yo i won't be surprised if if the if the pull of seth seth rollins with carmella where she catches in during the match and she pins charlotte which protects oscar but that's still a loss in her yeah in her it's column. still a loss i'm like don't do that yeah so i, I think I, I don't know what they're gonna do with the uh, carmella's cashing at money in the bag at this point but Yo, they'd have to make it an unsuccessful cash in. Yeah, they they would have to. And from what I heard, Carmella's like okay with it. Yeah, she, yeah, she should be. Yeah, she should be. So yeah, I'm gonna get Oscar. Is your future SmackDown Women's Champion as she should be? Then you got the the match that uh, many of the uh, wrestling fantasy warfare uh, followers are very thirsty for. <laughs> uh, this match. This match has this match is sponsored by Aquafina and Poland Spring. You got the Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax Raw Women's Championship match. That's my girl. Go for my girl. Yeah, I'm my girl Nia. No, I think Nia, it's a it's a it's a, it's a tough because my girl Nia against mm. my girl Cheeks. <laughs> so I mean, like I, I gotta go. I gotta go with Nia. Uh, yeah, just Nia- love it. You just love it. you know what is why everybody's loving it because yeah, she's a big O, but it's the way it's the way she carries herself. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's like she has like that. Yes, I'm big, but I look good. Bye to her, and then you're just like, damn, I love that big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna be a squash match too. It has to be like two minutes, two minutes tops. Please, because that. WrestleMania is going to be long. Yeah, so make it a squash match. Uh, eliminate Mickey James uh, from in- running interference, and then have Nia Jax have her WrestleMania moment. You know, doing it for all the women everywhere. Yay! Inspirational. Oh, and um, surprise WrestleMania moment: the return of Hulk Hogan. You think you think they're gonna have a surprise Hogan return? One su- yeah, why not? Them 60-year-olds will lose their mind once they hear... Them 60-year-old Trump supporters will lose their mind once they hear Real American. Well, that's true. But um, I will have Hogan come out only on the condition that he does a segment with the New Day. And then let's see if Hogan... That would be hilarious. Yes. And then let's see if Hogan will accidentally drop the N-bomb. He won't. I, I I want him to. He won't he won't do it, but they'll make a joke about they'll make a joke about it. Oh, they will. Just to kind of say like, all right, let's let's forget him. Like the whole like what the new day did when um when the rampage got out. Oh yeah, Xavier Woods. <laughs> and they always just like looked at him and yo, the crowd went insane for Woods. That they did. And it was just like, you got something to tell. That was a year ago. That was a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was. You, you you have something to tell us? 
<laughs> WrestleMania is here. And I was like, well played. I just had to say, well played. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's on the network. Like that moment. I think so. Like we have to, to like find exactly when mm-hmm. like that following row when it came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be on there. Uh, then he got the fatal four-way for the U.S. championship. Uh, Orton versus Rude versus Jinder Mahal versus Rusev Day. I'm going to go with Rusev. It's his yeah, time. It, well, he's already had that boat before, but he needs, but he deserves the push. Yeah, he does. And the Rusev Day calendars and T-shirts are flying off the, yeah. off the store. So, you know what? I'm going to give it to him. I won't be surprised, though, if they give it to that Jinder. goober Jinder because Jinder sucks. And which you know, my only there's only one thing I can say that's good about gender. What's He's that? becoming a decent heel because of the fact that he is garbage, mm. and we hate him. Is he really though a decent decent heel? He 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 yeah. I I would say so. Uh, I'm gonna have to disagree because, like, he hasn't changed at all. But the since. thing is, like, it's because he, we hate him. Yeah, because he sucks. Right. So it's like we, he's working on that, and he's making us boo him. Yeah. Well, even worse than we already did. Mm, I don't know. I'm st- I'm not sold. I, I still need it, but I said we. When's he Slater gonna get a belt? When's he gonna win a world title? He should. So all three members of three men. I like the whole I got kids thing. <laughs> yeah, he, he he struck gold with that one. But yeah, I'm going to say either Rusev or if not, then Jinder Mahal for the U.S. Championship. Then you got the triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship. Miz versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. I'm Balor. Going, going with Balor. Balor. The Balor Club has to be. Has to be. Then you got the best match on the card by default. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke. 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 I love AJ too, but I'm just like, I, I gotta see Shinsuke. Shinsuke gotta be, Shinsuke gotta do it. Yeah, Shinsuke, you know, he's got a Royal Rumble winner. He's gonna be the next champion. He has to be. And that's gonna tear the roof off the Superdome. If WWE lets them do their thing. That's that's the crucial part. Yeah, I think Triple H would let him do it though. Oh, absolutely. I think his, his influence would like, yo, mm-hmm. trust me, like Vince, Vince, dead. Whatever he calls him, mm-hmm. you gotta let him do it. Yeah. That was my horrible tribulation fresh. <laughs> gotta make it look strong. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, AJ Styles and Nakamura, they'll give a match of the year candidate. Uh, no doubt about that. Nakamura's taking the championship as he should, which will make him the second Asian wrestler to win the WWE World Championship. First one being Batista, half Filipino. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you have uh, Lesnar versus Reigns, but who gives a shit? <laughs> But yeah, um, the winner of that match, of course, Roman Reigns, and then Adrian's gonna be like, "Oh my God, he's the face! Don't you see? Hey, don't you see why Roman Reigns is the face? I mean, oh my God, you, you, Roman Reigns is just like he's like the God, he's like the greatest of all time." Really, Adrian? Really? That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. <laughs> that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. You must have listened to his episodes a couple of times. I have to get, to get that. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. But I will say this. Shots fired. Adrian, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, man. Yeah, I mean. We already got Brian coming back. Brian's coming. Hopefully, Grande will join us. Oh, my God. All all we have to do is, like, let the microphones go. Just go. That's it. That's it. Oh, my God. So, yeah, Lesnar. I mean, uh, Lesnar's going to drop the title to Reigns. Uh, Reigns is going to have his uh, fourth coronation in a row. 
The only oh, way yeah. is like B Rob said, as a matter of fact, shout outs to um Random Ramblings with Rob. We were guests on his show. His episode the, the um, Codex Prime episode is up. Mm-hmm. So um we'll probably end up put that on our YouTube feeds or one of our feeds. Yeah. Oh yeah. So y'all can hear it, y'all can tune in because it was hilarious. But as long as they don't end the show mm-hmm. with that match, yeah. WrestleMania will go out on a high note. That is true. That is very true. And and also too, um because WrestleMania last year ended so- the yeah. Undertaker's send quote unquote send off mm-hmm. saved the ending of WrestleMania. It kinda did. It, it it did on a sad note, but like on a proud note. Yeah, yeah, because it was maybe like I'm say, maybe I'm biased because I'm a fan. No, no, you, you, no. You, I, I'll say you're right because it's like a like putting putting to rest the dead man, you know, and his legacy. Yeah. Even though the match was awful, I mean, um, was, I um, not Giant Gonzalez awful like you like you said, but I would say Lesnar Undertaker awful from WrestleMania 30 awful. You wouldn't say Halloween Undertaker. I mean, Ultimate Warrior Hogan. Oh no, not that. Halloween bad. Havoc '98. Oh, I wouldn't go so far as to say that was that bad. No. As a matter of fact, so <laughs> I just decided randomly to Wikipedia that match because I remember watching that at pay per view, mm-hmm. and then I was like, you know what? I do not remember seeing that and the end of that match because Halloween Havoc went over their time. Mm-hmm. And the pay-per-view got cut off. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah. <laughs> we paid for it. Damn. We paid to see that. Mm-hmm. It cut off. And by the time like they realized that they messed up, mm-hmm. Goldberg and DDP already had started already. Wow. I- so I completely missed the fake fi- the botched fireball. Oh, I remember seeing that. <laughs> that went off in Hogan's face. Instead yep. of Warriors. Mm-hmm. And then the whole, um, what was it? Oh, Horace Hogan just giving Warrior a chair shot. Oh. That's how the match ended. <laughs> oh, WCW. Yeah. yeah. Ultimate um, Warrior, the leading cause of British Bulldog's death. Oh, oh yeah, the trap door. Yeah. 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 In a roundabout way, that is, there's That's, a little bit of truth to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and surprisingly, uh, last but last but probably least, um, we did not get a John Cena Undertaker match. So far, so far, um, it's already a stacked card. But I will say, um, I hope that all this trolling goes nowhere because I don't want to see the Undertaker back in the I ring. I don't either. Not in the ring. Like I, I don't. I don't. And that's. A, this is coming from a hardcore fan. You shut your face because I know you got a smart remark coming. No, no, but go on. Like I just, just that. See, I was. He will at least show up. I know that, but it's like it doesn't need to happen. Mm. It, it really doesn't. Like what? What is it gonna do? So, like, say Undertaker comes back and loses. Mm-hmm. It just tarnishes his legacy. Yep. Um, it won't do nothing for Cena if, yeah, like the 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 match at this point it's use it's useless. Yeah, yeah, it is, and plus, like it's like a few years too late anyway. Yeah, definitely, and um, 
And 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 I was thinking about it too, and I was like, that match should have been WrestleMania twenty seven. Hmm, I agree. Yeah, um, I, I would not be surprised because WWE has done this before. I won't be surprised if they result if they like resort to like overbooking. Like for example, like with their Lesnar and Reigns match, I won't be surprised if that match ends in a dusty finish, and then all of a sudden, Undertaker comes out, and then all of a sudden to to like re, to like exact his revenge for whatever reason, and then choke and then them both. choke slams them both. And then, I would I would mark out, and then John Cena comes out of nowhere and helps Roman Reigns win the Universal Championship. You you know WWE is not above a dusty finish. They're, They've done it before. They're capable, they're capable of it, but something like that I would freaking mark out. I, I would just be like, just a boom. I'm oh snap! I'm happy to see my favorite wrestler again. Well, that, do something like that. I'm like, all right, good. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I don't need to see. I don't need to see a big old. I don't need to see no match. Right. Just something like that. I mean, but the th- but the question is, can the Undertaker still pull off a choke slam? I mean, because his hip will give a, give way and like it's all that weight. No, then all of a sudden, like his hip will buckle, then he'll fall over. And it's like, oh my god, get get his nurse from the nursing home. Oh no, Grandpa broke his hip again. Oh no, we can't afford he, another replacement. What are we going to do? First of all, if that happens, there'll be two grandpas in the ring. Really? Yeah, Lesnar's a grandpa. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh wow. Huh. I did not know that because of oh well, his With wife's Sable. kids, Sables. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then, but then again, the difference is Lesnar can still walk under under his own power. I'm gonna take a can too. Well, he can't walk the whole length of the of the of the ramp entrance ramp. He probably no. I'm gonna take a can. He just it, because of the way his character is. Mm-hmm. Last year's ramp would be would have took forever. Yeah, it, but and I think um, Mercedes Benz Stadium is a bit smaller. Uh yeah, Mercedes Benz Superdome. Yeah, it's a bit it's smaller. So yeah, but who knows? Um, I I, th- I think I think uh, I th- I think uh, Undertaker's doing the right thing. If by just just keep him off the card, man. He he doesn't need to embarrass himself. No, he just doesn't need. Yeah, he doesn't need to. Co- yeah, he does. He doesn't need to be a Randy the Ram Robinson. No, but just <laughs> imagine if they actually do have that match and Undertaker just like pulls a dope one out of his ass. <sighs> I, I I I can't see it. I don't see it happening either. But I mean, okay. But it can happen. Look at Flair and Shawn Michaels. That Flair's last match, well, last WWE match was fire. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It could happen. That's true. And Flair, like and Flair, was older, older, and still an alcoholic. Somehow. You know, I would love to party with Ric Flair. You'd probably be dead. Dead. Okay with that, <laughs> I'm going out happy. Mm. I don't know, man. But uh, but yeah, we'll but but yeah, we'll 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 see. Did What's you up? see Ric Flair's um video with Offset? Uh, with what? With Offset from the Migos. No, I haven't. He had a video. Huh. Yeah, it, yeah. I think it was what Twenty One Savage, Twenty One Savage, and Offset. I want to say I watched it recently. I just laughed. Okay. It's called the name of the song is called Ric Flair Drip. Nope. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Show that to me after the podcast. Oh my god, it is hilarious. Word. Yeah. So that's our predictions for WrestleMania 34, which is this Sunday, April 8th. Oh, and of course, this Saturday is NXT uh, Takeover New Orleans. I do have one prediction for that. Your your first ever NXT North American champion will be the Velveteen Dream. 
Patrick Clark. He needs a title. NXT. I, I've I've always said NXT. Uh, I'm NXT going for Ricochet. NXT needs, needs a secondary title. Velveteen Dream. He's he's over with the crowds. Over like Rover. Give him the belt. Oh, speaking of Grande. Oh, okay. Grande, next Tuesday, you coming on? Yes, come on to the podcast, Grande. We need you because we're gonna have Adrian. We're gonna have Brian Lopes, and that's it, right? And him if he decides to come. Yep, and, and you. us. Yeah, and us, of course. So we'll we'll let the microphones go. Have a debate on WrestleMania, the fallout from WrestleMania weekend. But yes, Velveteen Dream, your new your next NXT North American champion. <laughs> he said, "Let me guess, y'all predicted Reigns will get a Reigns will win and get the largest <laughs> WrestleMania pop of all time." Yes, and by pop you mean a uh, raucous amount of booze. Yes, he'll we- get the booze, but he won't get the last year's Raw after. Oh, the Raw after Mania, like fu. Oh man, I think I think Roman Reigns because he's gonna be a tweener for life at best. Oh yeah, just a straight tweener, all because of Undertaker. Ah, oh, he teaches guitar six nine. Cancel it. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't cancel. I mean, he, he, he could come in at a, at a later time. He, he started around six fifteen ish. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's uh, the offer still stands. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it for what we've been up to in WrestleMania predictions for this weekend. And we're going to be talking about spoiler-filled review of Ready Player One, the movie, directed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, so uh, Ready... I don't even know the name of that song. I don't know, I don't know either. Oh, well. Anyway, so yes, Ready Player One. It's uh, uh, Steven Spielberg's latest film. Uh, based on the uh, 2011 novel by Ernest Klein, it's 80s nostalgia all up and down your ass. Uh, more nostalgia than you than you care, care for or know what to do with. Um, hey, kid, I have to go put down Roman Reigns next week. No lesson. <laughs> <laughs> he underst- he'll understand. Word. He'll understand. Ready player one, ready to watch something else. <laughs> oh, John Haponic with the comment there. Uh, well, oh, it's called Jump by Van Halen. Thank you. Ah, thank you. Yes, thank you for that. So, Ready Player One. Um, Carl, since you're the bigger fan of the two between us, as far as the novel goes, since we'll get into the movie, tell us, give us a Carl Bird summary you of are- the <laughs> of Ready Player One. Oh the my movie. God! I hate you. So much. <laughs> Ready Player One takes place in the year 2045. Mm-hmm. Where a teenager named Ray, Wade Rots, oh my God, Wade 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 Watts, yes, Wade Watts, and the rest of the world is chat is um attached to a, basically attached to a video game called the Oasis, mm-hmm. where you can basically live in an alternative life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can play games, you can go to school. Well, in the book, you can. Yeah. Um, meet people. Acquire currency, basically like the Oasis is just an alternate. It's an alternative reality. Right. Yep. <clears throat> and the creator of the Oasis, James Halliday, passes away, where he actually leaves a game with a hidden Easter egg, and the winner actually wins control of the whole Oasis mm-hmm. and his fortune, which is like half a trillion dollars. Wow. Okay. So. So yeah, what would you do with half a trillion dollars? Uh, half a trillion dollars, I would pay off all my student loans and credit card debt, and I would yeah. move out of Rhode Island. 
I would not know because I don't. I just wouldn't even know. Honestly, I'd be rich and still keep my job. Really? Really? Yeah. Why? I I'll get bored. I mean, and you can get if you're rich, you can get rid of rich with a crazy summer and a drug habit. So like, well, I mean, I mean, me, I would I would sit and I would read all the classics. I would. I would watch all the classic films. Like I'd have time now. I'd, I'd be like I'd be like a Burgess Meredith in that Twilight Zone episode, where he has he he, he survives the apocalypse and he has all those books. He has time, but all of a sudden his glasses drop and he's yeah. like, "It's it's not fair. It's not fair. It's I, not fair. Oh my god! I had time now. I had time. Oh, who's who spoofed that? Family Guy. I thought so with the brain cell. Yeah, Peter Griffin's brain, last remaining brain cell. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a good episode too. Family Guy and Twilight Zone. But yeah, uh but yeah, Ready Player One, Carl. Uh what did you think of Steven Spielberg's film? I enjoyed it. Uh I had fun watching it. Um but you can exactly pinpoint when they when they like completely change like things from the book. Mm-hmm. Like you know exactly when, and it was kind of messed up because I was watching with my girlfriend, and she's just like, "You talk a lot." I'm surprised you talk a lot during the movie, and I'm mainly talking to myself like, "That's not what happened." Okay, they changed this around and this around. Mm-hmm. They played um, "Can't Hide Love" by Earth, Wind, and Fire. I started singing it. I happen to love that song, mm-hmm. but um, you know, oh my god, I'm like, hey, there's Go- there's Goro from Mortal Kombat. Yep. Oh, I saw Chun Li. Oh, there's Sonic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they one thing what was cool about it in the book it was just completely eighties. Yeah, like something one thing that you complained about is like they threw the eighties at your face like there was no tomorrow. Yeah, and but in order to appear to another you know to younger audiences, they mm-hmm. threw it everybody. They threw everything in there. Mm-hmm. Like stuff beyond the eighties. Beyond the eighties, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, so it sounds like you enjoyed the film. Yeah, I, it was a nice, it was a nice fun. It was a fun watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what would you, what would you say is like the one thing that you liked most about the film? Most, wow, really, most about the film? I haven't even thought about that. I would, damn. Or 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 rather, what's um? Because I know that the the movie made substantial changes from the novel, from yeah. what I read. Well, they definitely, yeah, they definitely had to because if they would have, if they would have copied the ex- the exact, um, if they would have copied for exactly from the book, it definitely mm. would have been a rated R. Okay, rated R house. How so? Well, um, geez, I gotta go through my notes now. Mm. Well, for one, one of the cat, one of the main characters, Dido, who was part of the High Five. Yeah. Actually gets murdered, mm. really? brutally, like in real life. In the book, yeah, yeah. Okay. In real life, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not just in the Oasis. That and um, one other thing, when uh, and actually in the book, uh, Wade actually goes into hiding after um, IOI blows up his trailer. Mm-hmm. The, the what they were called stacks, which was just trailer uh, trailers on top of each other, yeah. which I think they prov- they portrayed very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he goes. He well, the movie starts in is um it starts in Oklahoma City, yeah, and then he migrates to Columbus, mm-hmm. where he goes into hiding. And one of the scenes, one of the moments in the book is like he uses a sex doll toy. Oh. 
like them realistic sex dolls that were like sweeping the internet about a month or two ago. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, are you, now with with the changes, were you were you cool with the changes that the film made? It wasn't bad. No, yeah. it wasn't that bad. Okay. They were <laughs> obvious, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I didn't like make a. I didn't make a big fuss over it. Yeah. Like. Just like certain certain portions, I probably should have like went through my notes and rehearsed this okay. well, much better. But I just, I just didn't think I didn't make too big of a deal about it. Mm-hmm. I will say this though: I watching the reading the book first before you know before watching the movie mm-hmm. does kind of like put a damper on it. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, because you're kind of hoping for the exact thing. Mm-hmm. But you know you didn't get that because you know they had to condense it just for the length of a movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, as you're looking through your notes, I'll, um, I'll I'll drop what drop what I thought thought about the film. Um, well, Ready Player One. Uh, the, as far as the stars go, it stars uh, Ty Sheridan as Wade Watts. Slash, Cyclops. Yep. Uh, slash Parzival, which is his uh, Oasis character avatar. Uh, Olivia Cook, Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, Lena Waithe, T.J. Miller, Simon Pegg, and Mark Rylance. I like T.J. Miller. Yeah, he, put- he he's like unefferly funny. He is. You guy, he's like has a. I wouldn't compare him to Bill Murray. Mm, oh no. But he's like has that like. He's like Bill Murray esque. Like he's yeah. just like it's like he's funny when he doesn't try to. Yeah, it's like funny without without even trying. Yeah, literally. exactly. Like when he was we- when he was weasel and dead and um. Deadpool. And Deadpool. Yeah. He's like, I will go with you, but like when he was going to fight Francis. Yeah. He's like, I will go with you, but uh I don't wanna. <laughs> hey, he was he was keeping it real. <laughs> He's like, why don't you fucked up? <laughs> oh, and the avocados. <laughs> oh yeah. Man. Um yeah, so uh, Ready Player One, uh I, I, I do understand uh that, you know, being that it's an adaptation, you have to adapt. Uh, uh, the uh, certain elements from from a book to a film because certain elements in a book wouldn't work right as well on a movie. Um, I, I with the novel, I read the first thirty pages and I had to put the book down because like it was just wave after wave of like eighties references and footnotes and and the summary that I read of the novel like the characters are pretty obnoxious with their eighties name dropping and referencing. Uh, thing yeah, and escaped. you couldn't you couldn't escape it. It actually took me a while. Like I did put the book down for like a, a few good months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. And uh, I was, and that's, and, and that was the biggest thing I was afraid of going into the film that it was just going to be wave after wave of references thrown at you, like like hitting you over the head, like bludgeoning you. Thankfully, the film isn't obnoxious with its references, no. even though there's a lot visually. Like you'll see, like this character and that character from this movie or that video game. Um, I can imagine it's like, like, like watching watching this movie kind of felt like watching copyright the movie, and. And, and and you know and like like as, as far as like visually visually like the the visual effects you know it felt like especially in in the first the first major action scene with the with the race we leading to the first key or the first clue because uh James Halliday he leaves three clues for the gamers in the oasis to discover Correct. and whoever whoever discovers these three keys gets to win the uh the grand win, prize the Easter gr- egg. Yeah, the Easter egg, which is full control of the Oasis and half a trillion dollars, and 
it just like watching that first race, the first uh, the the street race. Yeah, it just felt like stuff. It, it just felt like clutter over a clusterfuck of stuff coming at you in waves and waves, just assaulting my eyeballs. And I was just sitting there like I was I was numb to it in like like ten seconds. I, it was just sensory overload. It was like it was like it was like this movie was made and that scene in particular was made for the express purpose of buying the Blu-ray so you can pause frame by frame and go, oh, that reference is from Back to the Future. That's from King Kong. That's from this. That's from that. I know these things. I'm, sm- I'm a smart nerd. I'm a, I'm a real nerd. I know, th- I know all these references. I clapped. I clapped because I know these things. I clapped because I recognize these pop culture uh, artifacts. And it was just like, God damn, I, I had to... I had to close my eyes for a for a, for a moment because it's like, man, this movie is like hitting me hard, like Transformers Two. You know what? I, you know what I, I actually I, got out of damn. it though. That rate, that the first racing, it was like watching the Speed Racer movie with yeah. less motion sickness. That movie was just pure motion sickness. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, John Aponic says the ultimate light show, Vic. Yes, thank you. I was thinking about this. Ready Player One is the ultimate light show and that's saying something more than any other effects driven you know fare from the mcu or even the dceu yo ready first of all you said you're talking about a light show yes and please don't you interrupt mentioned me. dc you said dceu yes ain't no damn lights in the dceu you know that <laughs> well let's look at justice league they're all they're all under okay they were orange yeah <laughs> okay yeah, and and to a certain extent, the the last action scene of of Wonder Woman, and I and I like Wonder Woman, but but yeah, it was just a a big ass light show from a two hour and twenty minute light show from start to finish, and that first that first racing scene alone just damn near took me out of it, and but I but I stuck with the film, and there are things that I like about it, but there's a lot more that I just didn't really care for. Um, one thing that I didn't care for was the main character himself, Wade Watts, played by Ty Sheridan. He he was just like this. I just found him to be like a a dull character. He's just a blank slate, just a milk toast white kid who who uh, who wants to who wants to get amass this who wants to win this this race this fortune. It's pretty pretty generic. I would get. I, yeah. I can agree. Yeah, and and even his backstory, you know, with his with his aunt who has a string of abusive. Uh, Douchebag boyfriends. Even that, I didn't care for. I was like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't make him any more. You know, compelling. it's because you heard him so many times. Yeah, that is like not only that, but like the way it was done in the film, it was just like, yeah, this doesn't really matter. Like he he literally could have been like some kid, just like living living by himself with like parents who are completely useless, like the father from Stranger Things, and he'd be the same character. <laughs> he'd be the same character. <laughs> but you just made me think. Why'd you make me think of that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that scene with him and freaking Dustin was hilarious. He's like, you're so fucking useless. Like, hey, language. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and like and I was and I was just thinking about like his whole motivation throughout the throughout the film and as well as the motivation of the other characters. And it's like and it's like, you know what? I I, I don't really care. I, 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 I am trying to, but at the end of the day, it's like the logic, the the logic of the world of the oasis in the film, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you really sit and think about it. Because okay, okay, Halliday, they have trillions of dollars literally to create this this 
wonderful second world, this virtual mm-hmm. world. Trillions of dollars, and yet the real world is so shitty, so terrible. Awful. You know, full of poverty and squalor. Great. Just gray skies every day. People living in trailer parks or on the street. And yet, yet, okay, you have tr- trillions of dollars to invest in this oasis, which apparently people have people's real life fortunes are determined by what they do in the oasis so if they if their if their avatars killed then they lose everything that they've bought which is like okay so if you spent if they took all this all this trouble to to build the oasis spend all that money they could use that same amount of money to actually improve the real world itself so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to run away from the real real world into this virtual world where at the end of the day Nothing, nothing tangible happens to you, and you come out, and it's like, well, where, where, where'd all the money go? The, 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 this money isn't putting food, isn't putting real food on, on the table. It ain't putting real clothes on my back. Oh, oh, but yeah, in the book it did. I mean, maybe in the book, but in the movie, it didn't translate well, and and it's like, why do I care? And and, and even and even the main motivation, like the the main villains, the IOIO corporation, yeah. they they want to monetize and and corporatize the oasis itself it's like so if they do how what difference would it really make really what difference would it make so in other words you just hated the movie i couldn't get into it man i i I just couldn't because i'm sitting there like thinking like none of this makes a whole lot of sense and the motivation it's like at the end of the day even 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 if even if ioi takes over the oasis how much different is is the is life going to really be? You're still going to be poor. You're st- you're still going to be living living in a trailer, fighting for scraps. But the, at the end of the day, you can escape into this virtual world. Oh, life is worth living because you can dress up as a Final Fantasy character. Give me a break. So what did you? So what? So what other things? <laughs> <did> you- <laughs> I'm like, like lighten up a bit, jeez. I don't know. That's did they did they ruin the Iron Giant? Um. Oh. What did you think about? I that? took it as it was cool to see the Iron Giant. Um, did you did you ever see the movie Iron Giant? Actually, no. You, yeah, it's a really good movie. I heard. I uh, just never got a chance to see it. But yeah, it, it's a it's a modern classic. Yeah, I mean, it was like, oh yeah, I'm like, damn, the Iron Giant, it's pretty cool. Like it was just cool to see it. To me, it was just cool to see it. Um, I like H's character as well. Mm-hmm. You know the fun. You know the fun. She, I, I would consider, I would um consider him the comic relief, mm-hmm. but I think most of the time, like as I was watching it, I was just pinpointing all like what's different from the book and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Now, from what I understand, like the relationship between uh, Parzival, Wade Watts, and um, um, Artemis is pretty different in the in the movie. Yeah, because they didn't they did not meet each other until like the end mm-hmm. like physically meet each other yeah so like when they so in the movie when they met it was when like it was right after the um the stats blew up yeah and then next thing you know like artemis has this like group has his little um this henchman mm-hmm. choke out wade yeah and next thing you know he wakes up and there's artemis right there Mm-hmm. And then he says the line, "You're more beautiful. You're more beautiful than I thought." And I'm like, "That happens later, mm. a lot later." Yeah, like in the book, from what I from what I've read, from what I read reviews of, I heard mm-hmm. that 
the relationship is a little creepier in the book between Wade and uh, Artemis. Well, because they grow so they grew so attached, but only in the Oasis. Okay, I see. So they had like no idea, and everybody lived in Columbus. Oh, everybody. Which is not yeah, which was not completely true. Like, mm. Dido and Shoto lived in they lived in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, Artemis was actually from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, H was originally from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. But then they all end. They all end up like meeting up. Well, with the exception of Dido, Dido actually gets killed oh. by IOI. Oh damn! Okay, yeah, because I and I because you know the high five. They were at, they were the they actually had they were getting all the keys, mm-hmm. and as you know, IOI was trying to get them. Mm-hmm. So what they so whoever got closest to him, they happened to get to the, Dido. They like ransacked his room in real life and threw him off his balcony. Oh. Jeez. And fell to a gruesome death. Oh wow. That's that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Um Yeah. So they had to take that they had to take that out and actually keep him mm-hmm. to keep the PG rate PG thirteen rating. Yeah. Also the Gundam fight with um Sorrento didn't happen. Okay. In the book. I see. Obviously because I was Dido and Dido was dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they use like Voltron as a replacement, or Power Rangers? I don't know. Well, in the book, oh. it was eighties. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> Power yeah. Rangers was the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, there was no Voltron references in the book. I mm. remember. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like, I don't know, like like I don't uh, like. How did you feel about the the presentation of the Oasis in the movie? Like, what what did you think? I thought it was cool. Yeah. Like I didn't think it was like extravagant out of this world, but I'm like I was, I was enjoying it. Mm-hmm. That very, I the the cinematography of it was cool. Mm-hmm. Just you know in the, in Oasis alone, but then like once they got into the real world, it was just like we said before, gray. Mm-hmm. It was literally like kind of like a 3D Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Okay, that's where a good Kansas way was gray, but the Oasis was like bright and colorful. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, like, what would you say is your favorite segment of the film? The shining was a, was comical. The what? The shining, shining. The shining, shining. <laughs> you know, I always said it. I, I knew I was saying it wrong all these years. Yeah, I will say the the shining was the dopest uh, part of the film. That actually per- made me perk up a little. But I was kind of hoping like Jack Nicholson's head would pop up. Instead, <laughs> all we got was just the axe. Yeah. And then what was the um what movie was that with the twins? Oh, The Shining. That was The Shining as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool too. And then H getting all creeped out and stuff, but mm-hmm. that didn't happen in the book at all. Yeah. Okay, so that they never visited yeah. The Shining. No. They okay. Didn't. Actually, like the whole game, the whole game itself was actually like they simplified it for the movie. Mm. So like in the first, yeah, the game was a lot easier in the movie. Like at first, like the quest when Wade gets the quest gets the. Um, Gets the key. He actually uses it, and he uses it to get the next clue. The clue, but in the book, he had to play um, Asarak from Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. in the Tomb of Horrors, and he had to play a game of Joust against him, and mm-hmm. then reenact Matthew Broderick's role in War Games. Huh. Okay. Okay, and then for the second one, like like I previously stated, that uh, Stephen King's Sh- Shining. Mm-hmm. I'll set it wrong again. Was <clears throat> wasn't in the book at all. Although Artemis, who did get the key, mm-hmm. 
in the book and in the movie. She, uh, they actually he beat. She completes a game called Zork. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I don't remember it either. Yeah. And then Wade Platt, Wade passes the Blade Runner test, hmm. which was recreating a scene, reenacting a scene. Mm. Wait, was it Blade Runner? Yeah. And then has to beat a game called Black Black Tiger in order to get the second gate. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, which was um, I'm just kind of going through my notes. He finds a he finds the adventure the adventure Easter egg, which is a game from the '80s where that had a secret Easter egg, where back then um, video game creators couldn't use their name, couldn't you know use their name saying like created by. Victor Amoyo or whatever. Yeah. So there was an Easter egg in that game where the creator of that game, whose name I don't remember, it's mentioned in the book, mm-hmm. um, you can find it. Yeah. So he finds the Easter egg in Halliday's castle, but not before returning as, returning an epic guitar to his altar and playing a song by the band Rush to get the crystal key. And then he had to beat Holiday's score in, te- in um, Tempest and reenact a scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Hmm. Okay. So it seems like the challenges are different in the in the book. Yeah. They just have very to, different like, and much harder. Like reenact scenes from 80s movies? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen any of those movies? I've seen a couple of them. The ones, um, no, I'm talking about the ones that I mentioned. Yeah. Like Monty Python's Holy Grail. I know you saw Blade uh, Runner because mm-hmm. that's one of your favorites. Yep. Um... And in war games? I haven't seen war games. Okay. And then what's different, another difference too, is that it took three people to open the third gate to end, get the, you know, with the crystal key. Yeah. Okay. So it, from, from from what it sounds like, it sounds like the, the movie, the movie's challenges are, are very different than the three main challenges where mm-hmm. they had to figure out um, different aspects of uh, uh, James Halliday's life. That was That's also included though. Yeah. Okay, so I, th- I think I think with the movie fo- with focusing on that more as the challenges, like figuring out different clues, yeah, as to what those references meant to his life, I think that I think that's that's I would say that's an improvement. Rather, that's an that's a bet better improvement rather than rather than the characters in the movie just like reenacting eighties scenes from eighties movies. Because yeah, I will say one thing too is like when you get the clues as you're reading, you're trying to figure out the clues yourself. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I, I, I did like, yeah, I, I did like the shining, uh, sequence that, that was, re- that was very well done. Like the, the, it's like, it's like they rebuilt the very sets. The, the sets seem so real and tactile. I think yeah. they think they were the actual sets or if not the actual sets, but like they CGI'd well, and maybe, maybe not CGI, but actually just like rebuilt the sets. And uh, to better accommodate the film, Ready Player One. Right. But they were very well done. And um, it even had like that same kind of like film grain texture to make it look like. Yeah, I noticed that too, especially yeah. Yeah, in the Shining scene. Especially what I really noticed it when um, the twins. Mm-hmm. That scene yeah. with the twins in the elevator. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, it really like. It, it, was like the fr- it was like the first season of the Stranger Things. Yeah. Like you really got that 80s cinematography you know and you got that feel of it yeah like you're watching an 80s film oh yeah yeah and um yeah the shining was the shining sequence was definitely the standout part of the of the film and that one was like okay that's really cool and i think it's pretty clever for them using a 
using an an eighties film like like The Shining because like because like it's, it's it's sort of ironic in that The Shining was an adaptation of a Stephen King book, right? And um, and Stephen King reportedly didn't even he didn't like The Shining movie. Really? Yeah, he that was actually it. one of the clues too. Yeah, yeah, that that was like it was like a create. A line was a creator who didn't like his creation. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that was very true in real life with Stephen King in the Shining movie with Stanley Kubrick. So I thought that I thought that was a very good tribute to that film. Um, I, I did, I did, I did wonder though, like with like being that the film takes place in 2045, mm-hmm. and you have all these like ki- these basically many of the users are like young kids, yeah. like teenagers basically or in their early 20s, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, um, like they're like the oasis it's like supposed to be like this like, this extraordinary world like filled with all these characters but yet i was surprised at how how little imagination the oasis actually had because you had people essentially just being pop culture avatars there, there, there were there really weren't any there there were very little original characters in in the no, in i would the movie. say the main you know the but main ones aside um, from the main ones but like most people in the Oasis, they were pretty content with just being like, "Oh, I'm Tracer from Overwatch, or I'm one of the Battle Toads, or I'm the Iron Giant." I, I caught it. I caught the Battle Toads. Yeah, or I'm Chun Li, and it's like, and you it's, know what I think it was too. I think there probably were some, but it's just that the ones that we were familiar with was just is what caught our eye. Yeah, yeah, that, and it's like, man, it, it, it's, it's sort of like I don't know if I don't know if this was the point of the movie or the book, but. It was. I took it as like a sort of like a commentary on just how how much how little imagination our modern pop culture has at times. Like we're starting to see that more and more, where people where people are are pretty adverse to original content, and they're more open to sequels, reboots, rehashes, and um, and more sequels. Like people are just people are just more attached to that to the point where people want to want to cosplay pe- characters we've seen before from Marvel and DC, for example, and instead of being an original creation. And looking at the Oasis, it's like, man, this this world, this this virtual world has so little imagination in it because it's just a a big museum of like '80s and '90s and 2000s pop culture. And and like, I wonder if the characters in the in the film even know what any of those preferences are. It's like, oh. This is a character. This is Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII. Like, have you played the game? No. Um, or, or well, like, okay. or like, um, oh, uh, this is a. Uh, I'm Iron Man. Oh, really? Have you read the comics? No. Have you Have you seen the movies? No. Do you even know who Tony Stark is? No. Then why are you Iron Man? Well, because it, it looks cool, and James Halliday liked Iron Man. Well, um, well, in the in the Oasis, uh, and of course, in the book, like you actually had. Um, access to all that mm-hmm. so maybe it's like it's not necessarily like pointed pinpointed but yeah it's like you can you're available like it's available for you to read mm-hmm. so it just it's i guess it just shows that okay you make the assumption that if you are that character then you know about that character right yeah I, I suppose, but like I didn't get the impression that like a lot of young kids like this just like latch onto some pop culture icon because it looks either because it looks cool or because James Halliday liked it. So I, I didn't get the impression that they actually a lot knew. of it because yeah, because James Halliday was like God to them. Yeah, because of because he created the Oasis. Yeah, so like to me, it kind of seemed like a really shallow 
sh- a really shallow world. And with, God, with he was a creepy motherfucking creepy looking. <laughs> he was, but you know what? I, I would say that's a, that was a a positive that I actually appreciated about the film, like Mark Rylance as yeah. as James Halliday, because Mark Rylance he's a he's a very good actor. I'm sure he is, and like he's been in Spielberg's. Uh, including this one in like three of his recent films like this one Bridge of Spies and the BFG and it seems like he's like uh, Spielberg's muse as of late and did he play the BFG? he did I knew he looked familiar yeah that was him and you know Mark Rylance is a terrific actor and like he like I kind of felt a little sorry for his James Halliday like he's a guy who like he was so withdrawn I think definitely artistic like like somebody who was so withdrawn from like human interaction that he was just so afraid that he just retreated into popular culture and like that was his world space and it was yeah. kind of sad he was like a, a nerd who refused to grow up and you do see that a lot in real life unfortunately with modern day nerd fandom and cosplayers not all cosplayers but a good amount of them what's going on nick yeah so so i, I kind of felt sorry for him it was like he was like the like the darker side of nerd them nerd them in the sense that yeah. like Somebody who kind of lost grips with reality. Well, he just doesn't have that like social bone in his body. Maybe and he just could not. He can't really can't really quite function well mm-hmm. in a so in social settings. So he just simply relied on video games and pop culture just to like function, basically. Yeah. Yeah, definitely that. Remember the like the scene at the end where you like saw the younger version of himself, and he mm-hmm. just like it just looks sad. Yeah, he's just sitting there in his attic in his room playing Atari by himself on his beanbag. I was like, God damn, that's old ass Atari. Yeah, just the budget of finding all that stuff too. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and like, and the fact that like um, he didn't take that chance with that with that uh, woman he went on a date with, who ended up being his Beep. partner's wife. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, damn, man. I, I I felt sorry for him. And Mark Rylance, he brought a little something to that character. And I was like, you know what? That's a positive. Um, kind of, he, he kind of brought more to that character than I, than I thought he than I expected. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Oh, we spoiling Ready Player One, Nick. Yeah. He got into the chat. He got into the chat late. Okay. Yeah. So um, uh, also um, the ending. What did you think of the ending? Predictable. I knew. I I read the book, so I knew yeah. it was happening. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, like you got the hint in the book. You got the the same exact thing happened. Mm-hmm. So you got the hint that you know, in the book, you got the hint that you know, hey, there's gonna be a sequel. Because mm-hmm. you kind of just like like Nolan Sorrento was like, don't worry, I'll be back. Did one of the things, and I did read, and I did read that Ernest Klein is writing a sequel. Oh God! And um, who knows? Maybe it'll be nineties. Something that we can relate to more. Yeah, I don't know. But um, I didn't get that feel with it. I didn't get that feel hmm. in the movie. But it's like I already got word that Ernest Klein is writing a sequel, so I'm like, depending on how this sells, we may just get it. Hmm. I don't know. I've, I wouldn't be surprised, but the I, I thought the ending. I don't think the ending was earned. I mean, it was predict, predictable, but I didn't think it was earned because, like, the, the whole was the the ending. The lesson of the ending was that okay. So at the end, uh, Parzival or Wade Watts, him and the High Five, they t- they managed to take over the Oasis, 
and they started to make some positive changes. So they decided to uh, close the Oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays so people can live, live their lives in the real world. But the movie, that wasn't earned because like, if, if the ending's message was that, okay, every once in a while you got to tear yourself away from, from the fantasy world of video games or pop culture and, and live life, meet people and all this, cool, cool. The movie doesn't doesn't really reflect that message throughout its runtime, and also it felt like it was just tacked on, because it was like, well, we got, well, yeah, I, I can see why you said, it. I can see why you said, yeah, it. It, yeah, it was, as, it was as if it was as if like Spielberg was like, well, I gotta be socially responsible somehow, so kids, uh, play video games all you want, but go outside every once in a while, boom, that's the ending, and it's like, like you, no, no, not like me, but you like, play video games a lot as a kid, right? I did, but I still went outside. How often? Uh, often enough i wasn't i wasn't stuck like in front like james halliday like like man i I was just sitting there like it wasn't it just wasn't earned because like because you we didn't we didn't see enough of the real world like yeah yeah the real world was a dump but i'm pretty sure there were some positive aspects to it like it couldn't have been all a dystopia and one thing i will say too like sorrento was soft maybe for the pg-13 rating but sorrento Mm -hmm. was way too he was a little too soft yeah. he seemed like much, he was much more of a hard ass than mm. he was like he was one of those smooth talking villains mm-hmm. but yeah he was still like ruthless yeah Ben Mendelsohn like he did a good he did a pretty good job of playing the villain oh yeah as I was reading the book I was definitely picturing him mm-hmm. yeah like he was just like a, a corporate douchebag like he was getting yeah he, like he was getting pop culture references fed in his ear because he didn't he doesn't care about any of this stuff no, he just he, he just he just he's wants about to, make, to pay him. Yeah, he's about making that quick buck, you know, ca- capitalizing on people's nostalgia cynically. So, like, he did ref- he did represent that corporatization of uh, pop culture of nerd culture, and I'm like, right. you know what? That, that that's what you know. That's what the Marvel heads think of us. That's what the DC heads think of us. You know that. Yeah, but the Marvel heads listen to us. <laughs> yeah, I had to take a shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I had to. I, I had to. Def- I'm a Marvel guy. I had to defend him. <laughs> Even though my favorite <laughs> superhero is an image character. Yeah. Oh yeah, we saw a Spawn in there too. I, know, I noticed him in that movie. Did you? Yeah, he was in that. In the in the big chase scene on Mount Doom or whatever Planet Doom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah, he was like he you was... have to watch that movie a couple of times just to catch all the all the um, all the references. references. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta watch it frame by frame. But yeah, man. Um, yeah. Letter, what what letter grade would you give the movie? Letter grade, uh, I would give Ready Player One a C minus. I, I I give it a C minus because like I I wouldn't go so far as to saying it's terrible, but a it's absolutely nothing special, and um, it's just a it's a film that much like the book, it I it ironically showcases the lack of imagination our nerd culture or pop culture has at times because it shows that yeah like does it really matter if you know the minutia of all the lore and different obscure aspects of certain you know stories and and characters no not really and and really if you and if you use that as some sort of social currency to make make yourself feel better than others then then that says nothing about you it says that you're a pitiful person I mean, like, go, like, like, nerd culture is cool and all, but yo, like, like, expand your knowledge, have some imagination, you know, 
Go out and read. Go out to your local libraries, man. I knew that was coming. Yeah, put put the put the put the smartphone down, man. Read. Talk to people. Go 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 meet a woman, or if you're or, or, or go go meet a guy. Just 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 go out for drinks. You know what? Just just go go out and take a walk in the park. Take take pictures. You know, with, with an with an actual camera. Something. You know, don't 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 sit down, don't sit down just all, with all, all all slack jawed in front drool, like like percolating down your mouth. Like <laughs> I I like this because I recognize Superman. I like this because I know this thing. Because I my pop my taste my taste never changed from when I was seven years old. I still like Star Trek. Um nom nom. Oh, I like Captain Shots Picard. Fired. Um nom nom. Shots nom. fired to the Trekkies. That's <laughs> like, and, and, and you know what? Listen. Oh, here we go. Listen. Rant. Listen to all you thirty-somethings, forty-somethings, fifty-somethings out there. Put the costumes away. Put the costumes away and wear some real clothes. Leave the costumes for your kids. Okay. All right. Stop. Unless stop. you're going to an adult fi- adult Halloween party. Yeah, that's that's different. Yeah. Um. St- stop. Stop going to comic cons and taking up floor space with your goddamn costumes and props. All right. You're crowding up the traffic, and you're making it a miserable experience. Stay home. Put the costumes away, all right? Unless you're performing in the film or play itself, you're too goddamn old to be doing that shit, all right? Just stop. It's time to stop. It's time to stop. No more. Just live your life. Nerd culture is cool and all, but come on. Live your life. Put the controller down. Put the smartphone down. Put the virtual reality display down. Talk to people. Go out and eat. Go out and, and and walk. Take yoga yoga classes. Do something with your life, man. Ah, uh, Ready Player One. Ready, ready, ready. Yeah. That's what I think of Ready Player One. Carl, what did you think of the movie? Give it a B minus. I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. No. Cool. <laughs> yeah, man, that's what we give it away. That's what we're about to give away. <laughs> Jesus, man. So yeah, thanks for the people who um <laughs> who entered our giveaway. So without further ado, yes. the winner of our giveaway is Solo one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> okay. All right, so we'll be getting your information soon, and um, we'll let you know when you when you know when you'll be expecting your get your gift. So uh, congratulations! Yes, we'll be in touch soon. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Ready Player One. Um, I'd say red box it. You know, or or if you have enough points on your Star Pass card, if you go to Showcase Cinemas, you can watch it for for free, like I did. Is that how you did it? Yeah. Cause, cause I, thought you used, I thought you used MoviePass. Ah, but that's the thing. Like, I couldn't. MoviePass wouldn't accept uh, uh, tickets for um, uh, Ready Player One. Really? Yeah, I was surprised. I, th- I, th- I think maybe for the first four weeks of its run, I think. But it's not Disney, though. I know it's not Disney. Maybe, maybe Warner Brothers made a deal, or DreamWorks, or Amblin made a deal with uh, MoviePass. I guess. Man. But, um, but that's I, surprising. I, I, yeah, I was very surprised. So I was I walked in the theater thinking that oh man, I got to spend money that I don't have. But then hey, I as they swipe my uh, my Star Pass card, and they're like, hey, you got you have enough points for a free movie ticket. You want to use it for Ready Player One? I'm like, yes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 
that's 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 our thoughts and whatever you thought think about ready player one uh <laughs> sure. um for, for those who can't see it i i i threw the copy of ready player one the novel on the floor it's still in good condition yeah, <laughs> yeah it's still in good condition so uh uh send us yeah, your solo <laughs> yeah so uh, send us your thoughts uh codex prime podcast at gmail.com or leave us your thoughts in the chat below or the comments below when this video this episode is posted all right um we got a few yeah we got a few more things to get into so let's get into uh question of the week all right don't okay forget, and don't forget the email from Furman. oh yeah yeah okay. oh yeah that's coming yeah i got like can you post it up because i only got like a little bit of battery juice left sure okay so uh last week's question of the week was what was your favorite post-apocalyptic film mm-hmm. i know you said uh snow piercer snow piercer yep. i said uh book of eli so John Aponic says, Mad Max Fury, Fury Road wins the cake easily. I'm not a big fan of these of, of these films usually. Only competition is Wally. Okay. Wally's a great one. And uh Jessica Concussion says, Interstellar, I am legend and sunshine. Hmm. Okay. Interstellar's a great one. I still haven't seen Interstellar. That's the that's Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah, I've never seen that one. Shame on me. Yeah, man. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. And our Facebook, Marcus Anthony Rose says, The Road, I Am Legend, and Stakeland, the first movie. And Nick Petrini says, Escape from New York or LA, they black out the city. Which one? They black out the city? Yeah. Escape from New York. New York. Right. Yeah. So, with the theme, you know, Ready Player One and Avatars. What is the story for all you gamers out there? What is the story behind your gamer tag? Mm. Uh, that's the question of the week. Yes. Uh, well, my gamer tag on the PlayStation Network is V Knowledge. Uh, v Knowledge was a nickname I gave myself in high school. That's it. Yeah. That's boring as that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's the truth. That's the whole story. Okay, mine is Youngbird Ten Twenty Seven. Hmm. Okay, I went. I was a well, I'm still lamb, like a huge Jay Z fan. Mm-hmm. So young Hove, young Bird, Bird being my last name, mm-hmm. and ten twenty seven my birthday. Word, that's what's up. Equally boring. It's more, a little more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let us know what was your um yeah what's the backstory behind your gamer tag? Because a lot of I came across a video and it was just like a lot of people's gamer tags are like stupid, mm. like and they have stupid reasons behind it. And then they're like, but we can't change it because I kind of <laughs> want to change mine mm. to my all my other handles, Mister Bird Ten Twenty Seven. Yeah, just because I'm older. Mm. I got you. And some hot chick called me that like years ago and just stuck. <laughs> she said it nice. I was like, hey. Hey. I like that. I like oh. the sound of that. That's what's up. <laughs> All right, so email. Yes, yeah, so we're going to close out with uh, one email from a friend of the show, Furman Diaz. Uh, he goes, what up, boys? Wanted to, talk some, wanted to throw some support and hate your way. Ooh, hate. Last week, Carl talked about how he, with his boys, used to play No Mercy and win most of the time with his friend Marcos. Well, Carl is a damn liar. <laughs> nope. And here is proof. Okay, yeah, he he has the. Uh, uh, he provided the he provided the um the screenshots from the conversation with Marcos. He what I actually said was 
that we were the last champions. Mm-hmm. That was it. I he had the last. He was the last one to have a belt, and I was the last one to have a belt. Much like the Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit moment from WrestleMania 20, except that we're both still alive. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant. Okay. Well, uh, Furman writes, I hope this clears things up a bit, Carl. The devil remembers. And he had a character that he simply just forbade the devil. He just named it the devil himself. Hmm. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Furman also writes, you'll be talking about Ready Player One this week, and I wanted to comment on that garbage movie. Too much was changed from the book to say that that movie was enjoyable. What was most upsetting is that at the end, no one was the villain. Everyone was rooting for Wade like it's what they wanted from the jump. Expected more than just skeletal works of the book. Keep it up, boys, and I'll catch you next week. Number one primer, Furman. Hmm. Appreciate that, Furman. Yeah. So, yes. uh... Nick Thomas is... He answered our question of the week. His is Codeine Olajuwon. I got it from Riff Rap, the rapper. Ah, Codeine Olajuwon. Okay, cool. So, yes, uh, that, that does it for this week's episode. Uh, Ready Player One, have you seen it? Let us know what you think. And uh, tune in next Tuesday where we're going to be digging into WrestleMania 34 weekend. That's going to be a good one. Yes, indeed. We're going to have some special guests in the building, and we're going to be talking about our thoughts on the fallout of WrestleMania 34, NXT TakeOver New Orleans, as well as the Raw after Mania. Always a good, the best, it's always the best Raw of the year. Yes, always the best. Ooh, quick prediction for that. Yes. Bobby Lashley shows up. Oh, that's right. Did he sign? He signed. Oh, he's showing he up. He signed like a month ago. Oh, word. So, yes, Black Lesnar re- returns on Monday. <laughs> So with that, uh, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Yeah.